I say tomato, it's tomato. <laughs> How are we doing our training at the moment? Training at the moment. You say tomato, I say tomato. You say tomato. You say potato, I say potato. You say but potato. <laughs> Have you met anyone that says potato? Yeah, lots of times. No. It's what's the what's the tomato tomato? There isn't a potato potato, is there? There should be, but there isn't. I might just start saying potato. I might start saying potato in the middle of sentence. Potato. Potato. Potatoes are really underrated and great food. I think if you switched all your carbs for potato, boiled potato. potato. You'd lose fat. Have you seen... So there's an episode the of... The one tip. You need... <laughs> Heard it here first. The, the episode of um, Peep Show where Jez is like, a potato vegetable? No. They can't be. They're nice, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Which is an interesting rule. What? I don't know what potato is. Is it a legume? Is it not plantain? No. Is that a thing? Plantain's like a banana, thing. but horrible. <laughs> <laughs> plantain... Salty sure. banana. Really? They fry it in Jamaican food and they make it nice because yeah, it's not only made nice because they, they fry it in loads of like sugar and butter and loads of potato. That's like most things. Like you take a food, well potato is an example. It's very plain. If I Google what is potato, do you think I'll get <laughs> think I'll get sectioned? You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Tuber. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's a starchy plant tuber, which is one of the most eaten important food crops. As in like... <laughs> how, how do you spell tuber? <laughs> just, to, just to be fully clear, what does a tuber do? T U B E R. Tuba. I think a tuba, the instrument, is T B A? No, that's like tuna. Yeah, T U B A. Okay. Looks like a French horn. I can't remember what I was I'm trying to think. What, what a, a segue. What a segue. Oh, anyway. Do you, know, do you know how segue is spelt? Yeah. You will do, won't you? You're one of those. I'm one of those, but it did catch me off guard first time. Did it's, you think it was S E G W A Y? That's the brand Segway. Mm, which yeah. is, I think, unfair of them to do that. Interestingly, what do you understand by the word Velcro? It's a brand, isn't it, Velcro? Yeah, and they're getting really annoyed at the minute because French horn. That's a French horn. That's Told a you. complex instrument. Similar similar to the tuba though, isn't it? It is. So Velcro, the company, are getting annoyed because people are using the word Velcro to mean any like press fastener stuff or mm. whatever whatever that stuff's called. They call it hook teeth. Yeah. Uh, now, hook teeth yeah. is the generic name. Velcro is the brand. Mm. But because people are using Velcro to mean hook teeth in general uh, dicta- diction, dictum, diction, yeah, then vernacular, vernacular, then it's becoming a generalized term, and they're gonna, it's gonna cause them trademark issues. Who are they gonna press charges against, though? I think I think everyone. It, I think it's that they're going to have their brand taken from them because, uh, it's, because it's so commonly used. Mm. So this is the same with Tannoy, really, which is actually a speaker system. Hoover. Ta- Tannoy's brand. Hoover. Yeah. Sellotape uh, is a brand. It's incredible, isn't it? How these things just become similar to propane fitness. I just Everyone's fired like, up my propane fitness this morning. Yeah, and yeah that's it. So <laughs> anyway, today we're talking about a very similar topic which is how our training is going at the minute. We get a lot of questions 
It's oh, very similar, isn't it? Yeah, almost exactly. To a tuba. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we get a lot of people asking, like, how's your training going at the minute? We haven't seen any video logs. I stopped doing video logs because I thought no one cared, but then when I did stop, people were like, where are the video logs? bloody hell's going on? Yeah, so thought we'd give you a bit of a, a bit of an update on what we're doing currently and what lessons are to be learned from that. Interesting story about video logs. Do you remember when I first started doing them and I capitalised V-L-O-G, blog, I capitalised it? Yeah. Because for some reason, I thought it was an acronym. It's not, is it? Uh, okay. Log is just log. It's kind of, it's like a fudged acronym. Video. V is the only... Mm. Maybe V and L it's like should be lady. <laughs> I don't think it's the same at all. Because you, you, there's an apostrophe in Milady. Well, vlog should have an apostrophe. Do you think so? No. It completely loses the, if like, from the Yorkshire. Vlog. <laughs> vlog. Vlog. Tim Garrett, if you're listening, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear how you say video log. Probably exactly like that. He messaged me the other day. Asking me what I felt. This is something funny to talk about. What I feel, how I feel about dinky deckers. Have you had a dinky decker? No. You know what a double decker is? It's like the celebrations version of it. So they've made mini double deckers, and I want to know why. A double decker is a chocolate with multiple layers. For any of you American listeners, <laughs> multiple layers: nougat, crushed biscuit, or like little. I think balls it's got of, a buttery biscuit base. Buttery biscuit then, base. Small balls then... of like biscuit as well. Biscuit crunch. So caramel on the top. It's like a Morris bar. No, I don't think there is. I don't, there's but no with... caramel. So it's chocolate chocolate base, layer of nougat, balls of biscuit, all around it, all wrapped in chocolate. I don't think there's any caramel, but okay. I, may be, I may be proven wrong. Fine. So it's they've made it's mini, a very nice one. They've made, a, they've made dinky deckers. Now, my issue with them is they lure you into a false sense of security because you think, well, they're tiny. I'll have at least 10. <laughs> and then you realise you've eaten the equivalent of two double deckers and think, and, and none of that really ever kind of got me over the mark. I'm feeling like I'd had a double decker. They all flew under the radar, mm. the decker radar, the deck dar. You're um, right. Like small food is dangerous. Insidious. Okay, imagine eating a bunch of tiny little potatoes. <laughs> tubers. Tubers, Plant compared tuber. to a one massive potato. You'd feel much more full after one big potato, wouldn't you? So the thing that I've realised recently about satiety for me is so this is similar to what I'm. This is answering the question what I'm doing at the moment. I really value being able to eat all of something. So that means what the, what that means for me is that I value more eating, being able to open a double decker and eat the entire thing, versus opening the pack of dinky deckers and only having a few. Yeah, there's a, a there's like a, there's an open loop created there that I just feel inherently unhappy. Even calorie matched, it's it's still... not the same thing. So there's top pro tip for you. It's taken me 27 years to realise eating all of something, even calories held constant, eating all of something is always more satisfying. There's definitely a case of sometimes even, like if you tell someone, right, you can either have nothing or two M&Ms. Better to have nothing. Yep. Otherwise you've just stoked the fire a little bit. You've opened the gates and then you've not really satisfied yourself. Mm. You've just teased your palate with something. Mm. Anyway... (laughs) So what are you doing at the moment? Bloody hell. What am I doing? So I was, if you followed us for a while, you'll know that we were both competitive powerlifters for, um, since kind of 2011, 2012. I did nationals a couple of years ago. And then about 18 months ago, was squatting heavy and noticed that I, I well, hurt my back quite badly. Kept trying to 
this was on the background of multiple minor pulls and they were getting increasingly severe and increasingly frequent when squatting or deadlifting heavy. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually just listen to my body for once, <clears throat> stop being a dick and a, a, trying to be a hero and just ease off the heavy lifting for some time, ease off the heavy spinal loading and focus more on the gymnastics, the flexibility work and do some upper body training as well. Not that I wasn't doing any upper body training before, but like just... <laughs> you just squatting. <laughs> yeah. So for the last 18 months, I've actually not done any traditional squat and deadlift with a barbell. I've still been training full body, but I've had to adapt things. I've been just doing a simple three or 3.5 times a week um, <laughs> tra- training session, which which is which is like... What does the 0.5 look like? So you, do, you train every other day. And no, because I understood because the uh, being a dickhead yeah <laughs> because the week seven day weeks like a social construct man yeah and, man like, I just didn't subscribe to that so, <laughs> so yeah avocado and gluten free bread and stuff man so really like it's funny because my training and diet has become so simple I don't know I don't think everyone can whittle their diet and training down to a very simple progression like this but I think when you've when you've got the momentum of habits from previous years of tracking and and training and being a bit more intuitive with your training you can still get some progression out of that without having to worry about the details i think whenever you say whittle it's important to say whittle whittle down (laughs) whittle down so right now yeah i'm tracking my training with a lovely app called heavy set i'm just aiming for hitting total volume over as many reps as many sets as needed with the main movements for upper body Still slightly balancing, th- uh, having slightly more pulling movements than pushing. Four or five movements a week. Four or five movements a session <laughs> with adequate abs and and lower body and glutes and stuff like that as well. But just using more single leg work rather than heavy squatting and deadlifting. And although I miss it a little bit, I don't miss lying on the floor and not being able to um, walk to the bathroom, having to sort of crawl around and being in that much pain. So yeah, basically since then... I've been getting my back seen to. I've been booked in for a steroid injection in my lower back. I had an MRI a few weeks ago and that's kind of, that's shown I've got an L5-S1 disc herniation, which means that the disc between the vertebra at the L5-S1 level, so at the very bottom of the spine, very bottom of the lumbar spine, just above the pelvis, has extruded and come out and is pressing on the nerve. And so it's not a good idea to continue to load the spine until you've addressed the underlying cause there which can either be through improving your movement over the years the Stuart McGill style or if it gets particularly bad going for surgery but I'm hoping that I can avoid that so the the programming that you're doing is as you say like super basic and I super simple yeah well yeah yeah are they different can something be advanced but simple an iPhone is advanced yeah. but simple yeah well Apple is complexity made simple isn't oh. it Similar to ProPaid Fitness as coaching. But yeah, so you, I mean, you showed me on, on your app, like the volume load increasing mm-hmm. week to week. And it, it, I think quite, certainly from my perspective, like looks quite refreshing. Like I think going from the chaos of powerlifting, like accumulation blocks and volume blocks and, de- you know, worrying about deloading and exercise selection. Oh, it's like, so satisfying because I've been, I've done that for years mm. and to just finally have some simple rules to produce dramatic results <laughs> is excellent. But, you know, week to week you can you can look at your, an app on your phone and it's saying I'm getting stronger because I'm adding rep, reps, sets, reps, sets, load, reps, sets, yep. reps, sets, you know, fantastic. And from, as I'm sat here, you're looking pretty big. So 
if you've seen there's a there's a photo on Instagram recently where someone hashtagged hashtag dick skin conditioning, which I'll not explain why that hashtag's relevant, but of Yusuf's arm, like he's certainly upper body wise looking looking much bigger. So Thank you. So um, well, So what so what I think what most people will be sat here listening and thinking is How do I do that? No. <laughs> well they might. But they'll be sat thinking, I squat bench and deadlift three times a week, four times a week, pretty heavy. I'm worried about getting an L5-S1 disc herniation. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who isn't injured, looking back on your experience to avoid the injury? Good question. First of all, recognise the warning signs. Lifting heavy is not necessarily going to give you a herniated disc. I think we need to get that quite straight. Otherwise, everyone who lifted would get one. <clears throat> I was just, I'm unlucky anatomically. I've got a very narrow waist and that means that a lot of force is transferred through that section and so you then have to compensate by making sure that you've got a lot more muscular stability of the tissues around your spine or around the kind of the narrowest points to avoid that. So so I, so I've got an existing susceptibility or Johnny's lolling. <laughs> that is so unrelated. I told you this keeps happening to me. I'll tell you what I'm laughing at. Okay, fine. I was laughing at the last... So the thought process was... So you just moved houses in a new bedroom now. It's the first podcast we've done in this bedroom. I was thinking about the previous podcast we'd done in his previous bedroom and then a time when you told me you were going to have to... <laughs> on the podcast, you said you're going to have to sleep under just a towel because it was so hot. Oh, yeah. And for some reason... <laughs> That that occurred to me in a flash, and the thought of you sleeping under a towel is hilarious for some reason. I did that night. It was so I'm so heat intolerant for an Egyptian. Back to what you were saying. Right. I do apologize. So yeah, um, I so just to make just to get that clear out of the way, lifting heavy is not necessarily going to give you a disc herniation. However, if you think if you're like me in that the description I've just given you there, you've got an anatomically narrow waist, and you tend to get lots of recurrent lower back issues, then listen to that sign. Consider, do I want to be able to walk around and still function properly in 20 or 30 years' time? So that's the first thing, and weigh that up with, is it worth competing in powerlifting, or or is it worth maybe adjusting my training? And I'm not saying you have to just drop all lifting. Just be smart about it and just do things that, you know, find success in the movement that you can do and um, work with things that don't cause you pain. So when you say a back pain or recurring problem, are you meaning, you know, someone... Uh, maybe feels a bit stiff in the lower back or like the, the lower back feels kind of tight from training or are we talking something that is different from, from baseline? Normal? Yeah, you're right. So you need to be able to distinguish it from DOMS, from regular soreness. And this goes for your lower back or it goes for knee issues or whatever else. You know, if, if you're recurrently getting pains and niggles in the same place, you're most likely doing something to cause that. And that sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but um, there's probably some pattern or behavior or training style that is causing you to have recurrent issues and they are the doorbell. That's your body saying, hey, you're doing some problem here. You're doing some problem. Some problem. <laughs> so stop doing the problem or change how you're training and otherwise it's just going to progress into a worse injury. I mean, you say it sounds obvious, but you're a, you're a walking, talking example of someone who is generally pretty objective, clued up anatomically, and yet you were we're putting off the, the warning signs because you don't want to face them. Absolutely. And, it, and, it, and I think that's very, that's a very good point that you, it's an emotional thing. Mm. I, I recognize the signs objectively and I decided to consciously ignore them, which is pretty stupid, but that's, that's the way that we're, we're attached to our own training. And I was too focused on 
trying to you know increase my total and and get to the next um, you know try and um, place higher in nationals and all of this stuff whereas actually you need to take a step back and think even if you do is it worth the cost of worsening an existing injury so right now the good thing is it's actually quite liberating to not have to be bound by the shackles of squat bench and deadlift and you can finally open up to new modalities of training focus more on handstand stuff or do what what everyone wants to do which is absolute bro training <laughs> upper body t-shirt style stuff and also endless um split squats <laughs> which everyone loves everyone loves that every time i program them i just get unanimous like oh, people send me Johnny, gifts thanks so much man yeah. Like these hurt, they're horrible, but I love you so much and you're a fantastic coach and yeah, so. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that, trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. So the final thing to say really is just that um, what I've what I've done here, and this is why it's really important to understand the principles so that you can have simple rules for dramatic results, is I was like, right, I don't, I just love filling in that little slogan. I don't want to spend a lot of my mental space or mental energy on training and trying to program and make little adjustments and stuff all the time. I just want to be able to get in there, get out, early morning, get it sorted. So we pick what is the key determinant variable for the goal that I'm trying to achieve. In my case, I thought I want to put on a bit of upper body size. The key determinant is volume. So I am going to pick some movements that I enjoy and can progress and have some room for progression and just aim at total volume increase over two years time. And then I'll reevaluate. And that's what I've done. And the app gives you a nice graph of the total volume that you're hitting. Obviously, I'll do it, do some kind of intuitive deloads and stuff within that, but that's all it is. And just progressing the total volume, either by increasing the number of reps that you can perform um, in a given number of sets, increasing the number of sets, or increasing the weight. Pretty simple, and it's been working pretty well. So don't tell yourself that you're too advanced for a simple approach. I've been training for 10 years, 11 years, and I'm not too advanced to go back to a simple volume approach. I think you probably found like some low hanging fruit progression in the exercises you chose. Like I think you, like there's a lot of overhead work, isn't there? Yeah. Single single leg work, like stuff that you're you're weak at. Mm-hmm. And so there's this suddenly there's this gap you notice where like hold on if I increase my split squat, then what's going to happen to glute size, leg strength? Like all those things are going to improve. Same with overhead work. Oh, exactly. Especially when you can't do the traditional squat, you need to need to get out the stimulus. Your Something you said there that was interesting was the the two years. 
mm. which I think for a lot of people are like, whoa, two years is <laughs> ages. But like muscle gain is very much like a like a long haul flight. <laughs> like if, if fat loss is is getting in, you know, the Eurofighter strapping yourself in and you sat behind a pilot who's doing like the loops and twists and the longer you're in it, you're like, you know what, fuck this, like I need to get out. Whereas muscle gain is flying from, you know, flying around the world and you just need to get comfortable because you're going to be there a while. So as you say, like picking movements, I'm going to do them for two years, progress on volume and then I'll reevaluate. That's why you've got to enjoy them. Exactly. Yeah. And you've got to not be in a state of discomfort constantly. So don't do mm. movements that you don't like. And also you want to be eating calories that you can, that, you know, level of food that you can sustain and not have to be stressing about. Mm. I think it's, it is important as well to mention that this is something that, you know, it may sound like Yusuf is, is, is living contrary to the, the suggestions that we give of, you know, outsource your coaching or outsource your training to a coach. But as coaches at Propane, we are constantly adjusting each other and, and discussing stuff between the three of us. And I think if one of the worst things you can do is just just you, you and your training and your oh. diet. You never discuss it with anyone else. Yeah, like any, any training adjustments that I have made have been have been Johnny's input so over it's, the last couple of years. I think the just self-management in general, and you know what, another example, you went for a time after after we left our previous coach, you went for a time where there wasn't anyone looking after your training. And I think probably if someone had been, maybe the, the back issue would, be, would have been picked up sooner mm-hmm. or you'd have maybe been forced to face the reality a bit quicker. Yeah, if it was a good coach. Yeah, obviously, yeah. There are people who just tell you to continue squatting, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I think the the lessons are you're always very close to your training or your your health as well. Absolutely. And, you know, for for me, I don't get emotional about training anymore. I think once I let go of that final thing about I'm not going to try and keep hammering the lower back, Mm. it opened up a lot of freedom and I can just make a decision without really being too caught up in it. Same with diet. That's something that I can maybe run on autopilot for some time. But it's important, as as Mike Isretel says, to periodize everything in your life. And so if you're letting your training take a back seat, make sure that it's it's running on a, in a way that will progress you over time if you if you leave it if you set and forget and let it do its own thing. And then make another push with something else. And for me, uh, for me and Johnny, that's been pushing propane fitness forward, for example. Um, I've got a coach for meditation at the minute rather than um, training because that's the thing that I'm also trying to push at the minute. So it's important to to go with uh, whatever you can set and forget and it's going to progress you and then let the rest of your life take the forefront. So after that long explanation, Johnny, (laughs) (laughs) what have I been doing? So I'll talk about a general theme first that I've been working on, which is kind of feeds off the back of what you just mentioned. So I have been experimenting a lot with, I guess, personal habit development and removal, I suppose. Removal, okay. Habit removal. Things that, that I was doing that I wanted to stop doing, things that I was not doing enough of or doing consistently that I wanted to change. And so I've been going, actually with, with one of my clients, we set up kind of a, a back and forth, almost competition of developing these habits, scoring ourselves on a daily basis, etc., and uh, got to the point where I'm maintaining pretty consistently for the first time in my life, which is pretty cool, um, things like sleep habits, things like meditation, things like stretching or yoga, like those things were always stuff that I really, really struggled to be consistent with. Like I'd do them for a few days and then stop, do them for a few days and then stop, especially meditation. I think that was the case for three or four years. 
Um, so consistency in those areas, which is which is really cool. Um, with diet and training, it's it's actually a bit of an interesting point right at this moment. So as you probably know, or just as well off the back of what Yusuf's just said, I still compete in powerlifting. And the reality of it is, unfortunately, over the past two years, numbers really haven't been going in the right direction. Total stayed roughly the same. Weight's been sort of battling with this, you know, wanting to... It's like my, my body's like a... Feels like it, or my weight is like a car on a start line just wanting to go. And as soon as I add any calories, my weight just increases. I think where I'm at now, weight-wise, at 93, like my, it feels like I'm just... Getting ready to be a 105. <laughs> any, any amount of calories I add in, um, my weight will jump to 96, 97. So training over the past... And that'll be because you look like... Presumably you've topped out your natural limit or you're getting close to that at this body weight. I think for me, probably strength-wise, yes. So that I think the, the way that... So I'll talk about diet first. So that the way that I perceive my options in the 93s are... Assuming I'm going to continue powerlifting for, for the future, which I, I think I still am, but I'll talk about that in a moment. The way that I perceive my options are I could be a leaner 93 or I could be a less lean than I am now, 105. And to give some context, like I don't post physique shots very often at the moment. Physique's not hasn't been a priority for me for quite a while, to be honest, ever since I started powerlifting. Leanness is, is probably somewhere in the region of, just to put a number on it, 13 to 15%, I would guess, that kind of ballpark. I tend to store a lot of my my body fat abdominally so like I still have like quad separation and like you know the stuff that you really want like everyone wants like shredded quads but lack of abs like that's the combination that every guy wants <laughs> um so <laughs> you have the polar opposite which is as you can imagine I've got ghetto booty boils my blood um but so so my the, the goal that I've actually been following for in in, in which is the first time I've done it in kind of a, a, a phasic way so my weight was 98 kilos and I got it down to 93, which, and I'm now maintaining at 93 for a few weeks. Uh, well, probably it'll end up being a, a month or two, closer to two months, but just settling in at this weight. And I'm going to push again to sub 90 with a goal of being sub 90 by the end of this year. Reason being, it gives me leeway to gain some actual muscle mass in the 93 kilos because the 93 kilo weight class, where I was previously, gaining that weight would have just meant a more dramatic you know, all the last minute acrobatics of making weight, which for me has consistently impacted my performance on the day. So I would like to be, both for physique reasons and the way that I look and body confidence and all those sorts of things, and just because it would be pretty damn cool to be a much leaner 93 kilos than be a less lean 105. And I think some of that is is fed off the, the idea of, I don't just want powerlifting to be my life. Like I, I, I don't want to gain body fat for the sake of it really. I'd like to be as lean as I can be at my body weight. I suppose a fortunate side effect, even though it's not what you were going for and it's probably still very annoying, <laughs> is that over the last couple of years, despite your... I mean, your total's come up a little bit, but not as mm, much as you would have liked. Not huge, yeah. Um, but you've, I think you've gained a lot more size than than maybe you expected to. Yeah. Um, and your body body fat is still relatively under control. It's the same, yeah. So I, there's a funny... There's a photo, actually, that um, came on my... I've just deleted my Facebook newsfeed, but before I did that which is another one of the things that I was trying to remove because I was doing all the time. But I got a Facebook, like a time hop photo of me cracking Yusuf's back at Chris's flat. So Chris is a regular podcast guest. This was like four years ago, five years yeah. ago. Still had bleach blonde hair, wearing a, a white tank top. 
um, cracking Yusuf's back and my girlfriend saw it and she was like you are like four times the size of that now <laughs> and it's so, funny because you know you said it's a long haul flight you just don't notice you, you yeah. do not notice and, and like the only people and because I see Johnny quite frequently I'm always thinking like he's, I think he's probably always been that size but like look back but and, yeah you look mm. back and also anytime we meet with someone who hadn't you know has maybe not seen us for a few weeks or a few months we'll be like bloody hell Johnny looking massive at the minute yeah, yeah. so so that, that 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 is a nice side effect of just trying to add strength. I suppose is that by by definition you you're always lifting more volume or, or more load. But yeah, so the the reality of it is, I think both structurally and um, I think probably just my genetic makeup at this body weight, like I'm struggling to add weight to the bar. That could be because like you could argue, you know, how much more am I actually ever going to be able to to deadlift or squat than than 300 kilos or 240 kilos or whatever? Like in the context of what I ever thought I would lift. <clears throat> those are pretty big numbers so if someone had asked me when I was 20 do you ever think you'll deadlift 300 kilos I'd have gone absolutely no way no way on earth 310 310's what I've pulled now yeah but I, I, mm. in competition I would never thought I'd, I would touch those numbers and so so that's that's the situation with diet so I'm, I'm on a journey of getting a bit leaner I'm not super worried about about what I look like when I get to that point it's very much a numbers game for me and, and giving me some room to build some muscle while still being 93 kilos or under training at the minute is actually a bit shit to be honest so i've had a recurring issue with my left hip my glute med and greater trochanter which <laughs> again my girlfriend goes insane because of how often i'm going like my trochanter hurts <laughs> she's like what's a trochanter <laughs> um but basically like the bony well you know what i'll let the i'll let the resident doctor explain it's it's just the, the little prominent bit on the lateral side of your femur so if you if you put your hand on the right hand side of your right hip and then move it down slightly you'll feel a knobbly bit on your thigh bone that's mm. it that's your counter so there's a there's a little bit over that called a bursa not like someone who looks after the finances of a school <laughs> like a sack of fluid that is um <laughs> that's use has gone so that you can get bursitis is that right? Is it a sack of fluid? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got, you can get bursitis over that area. So I either have that or I have something something going on with my, my glute medius, which is a little bastard at the side of your hip. That, oh, it's such a little bastard I mean, for everybody. Yeah, no one likes their glute medius. If you I ever mean, go like, hey, how's your glute medius? Like, if you're listening and you think, oh, I, well, I quite like my glute medius. You don't. Okay, go and lie on a hockey ball and tell me that in a second. Yeah. Look up glute med. Look up glute med self-myofascial release techniques. And then do one of those and then send us an email at admin at propanfitness.com. <laughs> I also realized the other day, for years, I don't think I've been releasing the right point for my TFL. I think it's more it's more towards the front of my hip mm. than I ever expected. Yeah. And there's a point which I landed on the other day when I was using a, a lacrosse ball, which was like this immediate like, ah, right, that's is. my TFL. And this is the, that, that sort of moment of realization is the same for a lot of hip external rotators you know anything around the side of your hip or glute put a hockey ball or a lacrosse ball in it and it, there's this immediate like whoa what's that <laughs> so anyway so the left side of me around that region is pretty tight at the moment um and i think just the result of lots of recurring heavy loading and so really i'm i'm at the point of, of considering that at, at usa's recommendation taking a step back from recurring squat bench and deadlift and i guess the reason that yusuf's advice is so poignant is because he's speaking from the place of like look i didn't do this 
like I didn't take a step back. I got wrecked. And, I got... <laughs> and so, you know, as, as, as you said, mentioned about the lower back thing, like a recurring, some recurring pain or a recurring injury or a recurring niggle isn't something to be ignored. It's something, it's a warning sign. It's like a, a, it's an alarm going off. Like some, something is happening here that shouldn't be. Stop being a dickhead and stop like, you're, I'm your hip, I hurt. And yet you still think that squatting really high volume and deadlifting high volume is the right thing to do. So for me, probably going to be a similar similar path at least for for a month or so of you know single leg work addressing my weaknesses, which obviously is hip stability on the left side. Um, get it looked at professionally by a couple of people, get some opinions, and just address my weaknesses. It's going to be the most world's most unpleasant program. Just loads of side plank and split squats and it's the split squats I'm dreading. Yeah. You know, as I say, my clients love them, but I just for some reason <laughs> I don't know why I must be the only person who doesn't love them. Um, so, but yeah, loads of single leg work. It's the stuff that, um, you know, we were talking about the other day, like the idea of doing single leg stuff feels like prescribing vegetables in your diet. Like it's just something mm. that's really wholesome and healthy. It's very and... wholesome. Just, uh, just in case anyone's like, what's a split squat or a Bulgarian split squat. So you, you've got one leg behind you on a bench. And so with your, with the sole of your foot facing up towards the ceiling and then holding two dumbbells and you squatting down. If you want to make it even harder, you can have that front leg elevated on oh. something, so you're going very deep, and it's nasty. I think barbell, like front squat barbell loading as well, makes it even harder. Oh. I've actually got stuck. So the downside of a barbell is you have to balance the barbell, and split squat is inherently unstable. And so you get to the bottom, and you feel yourself tipping. Very, very hard to correct. So I've had to dump and when you dump it, you can't just dump it on your legs. You have to dump it with a bit of oomph. So you end up basically throwing a barbell across a gym. So be careful if you are going to do a, a, a barbell loaded one. So that's me really focusing on, I'm going to take some time and just work on single leg stuff, glute stuff, probably work some shoulder um, overhead work as well. Just take some time away from repeatedly doing squat bench deadlift, squat bench deadlift, squat bench deadlift. And if you are a powerlifter or a strongman or a weightlifter or even a bodybuilder and you're doing the same stuff over and over again, I think there's there's huge value in taking deliberate time away from those things at, at least once a year to, to focus on something different and something else. Absolutely. I think the fear is, oh, but I'll, I'll get weaker. And it's like, well, you're not getting any stronger right now. So, mm. And um, this is by doing the same movements with such a level of precision that you know you are training exactly the same tissues and the same insertions of muscles uh the same you know the same tendons are getting stressed every time that that puts you at very high risk of repetitive strain style injuries so if you're interested in that and if, if johnny's story about having kind of constant niggles and continuing to squat on it is resonating with you check out a guest post that we have on the website by mark keys called off season for the powerlifter and it covers that and gives you an example program that you can look at as well. Great post. And now that we have a lovely little search function on the website, you can just click on the little magnifying glass and access that along with all of the other 360 plus articles on the website. And just at the time of uh, recording this as well, we've just tipped over 100 podcasts. Oh, yeah. Which is lovely as well. So, so we're actually, we've got a party so hats on right now. So much content. All for free as well. That's it. That's how our training and diet is going at the minute. So you've learned about potatoes, tubers. Was that all we covered? Yeah, yeah, such an educational 36 minutes. Potatoes and tubers and French horns. French horns, that was the <laughs> one. 
Yeah, so as always, let us know if you have any questions or anything that you want us to discuss in more depth on the podcast. And otherwise, we will speak to you next week. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this driving in your car and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shh.